Proactive Athletes is the premier place that empowers student athletes to overcome the challenges of college sports recruitment. Their unparalleled expertise and influential network will guide you towards realizing your fullest potential. At Proactive Athletes, they understand that each student athlete is unique, facing their own set of obstacles. That's why their dedicated team takes the time to comprehend your individual needs, providing a comprehensive hands-on approach tailored to your success. With their personalized attention and unwavering support, they ensure your satisfaction every step of the way. Through their vast network, they have successfully connected with over 2.3 million coaches, giving your child's profile the exposure it deserves. In fact, their student-athletes' profiles have been viewed by an astounding 716,000 coaches, solidifying their reputation as the go-to platform for recruitment. What sets them apart is their data-driven approach, allowing them to make informed decisions that result in better outcomes for their student-athletes. By harnessing the power of data, they maximize your child's chances of success as they embark on the next chapter of their athletic journey. Join the ranks of proactive athletes and unlock your true potential. Let them amplify your talent, connect you with coaches that want you but may not have known about you, and pave the way for your future success. Together, they will defy the odds and ensure that your dreams become a reality. Don't wait any longer. Get proactive in your child's recruitment process today by visiting proactiveathletes.com. And make sure you use Shark Effect 10 for 10% off. Just because you have a college degree doesn't necessarily mean you're prepared for everything else or what you're going to do for, for the length of your life. You know, where is your passion outside of your sport? And so kind of nationally, there became a trend of how are we preparing these now college graduates for life after sport? Um, and, and, and that could involve uh, the career path, but it also is transition of mental health, transition of finding who you are around identity. Welcome to the Shark Effect. I'm your host, Alex Molden. I'm a former NFL veteran, and now I'm a leadership and personal development speaker and coach. In this podcast, you will hear inspirational and humorous stories from leaders of all walks of life, from current and former professional athletes, coaches, authors, experts, executives, and successful business owners. Discover how these leaders not only overcame obstacles, but also learned core principles that led to their success when leading others. Thank you once again for tuning in to The Shark Effect. Um, I'm your host, Alex Molden. Uh, If you haven't done any Christmas shopping just yet, I suggest going. Get my book, The Ultimate Playbook for Higher Achievement. It's on my website. You can get it there in the autographed uh, copy at yourultimateplaybook.com. It would be my pleasure to sign something for you. Um, Christmas is right around the corner. Be ready. Also, what you want to do is get yourself a UV bright water bottle. This is dope. It's a smart water bottle that purifies water on the go using UVC lead technology built right into the cap. So, you know, if you're if you're traveling and you see the water, water fountains, you can pour it in there and then you press the button and then it goes for about 60 to 90 seconds and then it purifies your water. 
So you don't have to worry about putting your mouth close to a water fountain. You definitely want to do that nowadays. Even if back in the day, right, we used to drink out of a water hose, you can put water from a water hose into the water bottle. And then boom, after about 60 seconds, it's purified. So get yourself one. It's a great gift. Um, you can use Shark Effect 15 as the coupon code and you get 15% off. So there, you're welcome. My guest this week is Kim Duran. So Kim is a Senior Associate Athletic Director for Student Development for the University of Washington. She has 27 years experience in academic support and student athlete development. She's been with four different colleges over that period of time, Oregon, Kansas, UCLA, and Washington. Um, and she, funny thing, and we'll go into that, this story, but she was in academic support when I was in University of Oregon. So I think I was a sophomore, junior, I can't really remember, but she was part of the, you know, the support staff that would come and check and make sure as student athletes, we was doing what we were supposed to do. And we was going to class and studying and and doing all that. So um, I've known her for a very long time. And um, I just want to get her perspective on with student athletes. And now everybody has not just about student athlete and academics, but their development. And so we talk a little bit about um, how that has changed over the years. And so how the bare minimum used to be just getting a degree, where now it's like, how do we develop them to be the best person and to use that degree for a career. So we talk about that amongst other things, um, but I'm really excited for her to share a little of um, uh, some of the nuggets that she has seen, that she has been through over the years when it comes to student athletes and developing them to be the best version of themselves not just on the field, but off the field. All right? All right, here we go. Kim, thank you for being a guest on the Shark Effect. I'm excited for our conversation that we're going to have. Um, so before we dive in to that, mm -hmm. tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. Yeah, so um, first of all, Alex, thanks for inviting me. Um, I've, I've been a, a huge fan of yours for a while, especially um, once I got to meet your son, Elijah. So um, it's kind of cool that it's that's full circle and, and I get an opportunity to do this with you. Um, so my, as you said, my name is Kim Durand. I'm the Senior Associate Athletic Director for Student Development at the University of Washington. I work exclusively in the athletics department. And the, and the way I describe what I do a little bit is everything that isn't uh, sport related. So academic services, student athlete development, kind of transition into college, career development, and then uh, ultimately um, how we're preparing our young, young men and women for life after sport, life after graduation. Um, a little about myself, I'm like you, a double duck. Uh, I went to the University of Oregon, came from a a family of ducks uh, and did both my undergrad and my master's there um, in the late 80s, early 90s. Um, fell in love with the profession working in college athletics. I started as a student worker in the Oregon Athletic Department and um, really found uh, what I really um, believe to be my passion. And that is 
the merging of education, which I've always been passionate about with college athletics. Um, I'm not, I was not a student athlete myself beyond kind of middle school, uh, but grew up in a family where my sister was a competitive nationally ranked tennis player. And so it had that experience from a family perspective. And once I really realized uh, there was something, a, a career field in athletic administration, um, specifically with academics and then the growth of student athlete development, I was hooked and I really felt like I was put on this planet to do that work. And uh, so, gosh, approaching almost 30 years in, in the field, um, made stops at Oregon as, as a grad assistant, uh, University of Kansas, which is where I started my career. And then um, UCLA became the director of academic support services at UCLA. And then I've been at Washington here doing this role for about 17 years. Love that. And so we kind of crossed paths a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> So great story um, for your oh listeners. Oh yeah, boy. here we go. Um, Alex was a football student athlete uh, a few years behind me, but um, my first role, one of my roles as a graduate assistant was to run freshman football study table uh, for football players um, at that point uh, in the Casanova Center at Oregon. Uh, and then fast forward, uh, came across a wonderful young man named Elijah Molden, uh, son of Alex Molden and Kristen, um, and had the rare uh, opportunity to some 25 years later run freshman football study table that Elijah was a part of. And so uh, the only time I think that's happened in my career, both were excellent students. I will, I will, uh, I will say, um, and it just kind of was a full circle. I enjoyed sharing that moment with Elijah and telling him that he was maybe more well-behaved in study table than his dad. But uh, yeah, so kind of full circle and certainly the the only time I've, I've had that experience. Well, he was, thank you. Thank you for that beautiful story. That was, uh, that was um, I think he was more focused than I was. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but It's, it's good funny. parenting probably. Yeah, <laughs> thank you. Um, so tell me a little bit about like the growth of um, uh, student athlete development, because yeah. when I was at school, there wasn't student athlete development. It was it was study table and it was it was uh, academics. But yep. where how has that kind of ch changed over the years when you got that? that development part. I want to focus on that word development. Yeah, so you're, you're absolutely right. I When I got into the field, it was exclusively academic services. And the goal of athletic departments across the country was to, you know, a success was a young man or young woman in your program who earned, earned their degree, period. And, and we would talk about it in that way. It was always the finish line was earning your degree. And then we were happy, you were happy, um, all you know that was it, uh, and and that has a lot of history in terms of uh, previously a lot of student athletes not graduating or not leaving their institutions with their degrees. So that was kind of the mindset. But over time, I think a lot of things evolved. Just because you have a college degree doesn't necessarily mean you're prepared for everything else or what you're going to do for for the length of your life. You know, where is your passion outside of your sport? And so, kind of nationally, there became a trend of how are we preparing these now college graduates for life after sport? Um, and, and, and that could involve uh, the career path, but it also is transition of mental health, transition of finding who you are around identity. Um, it had a lot to do with, 
are we arming them with basic skills so that they can be functional adults and contributing members of, of their communities in whichever way? And there was no programming uh, along those lines until the NCA really started something way back in the day in these giant binders that was called the NCA Life Skills Program. And it was very rudimentary, but workshops and basically a how-to guide on how to evidently provide these services um, across NCA institutions. And then that still really wasn't meeting the needs. And you had a, a large, uh, while certainly student athletes were graduating at a much higher level, they weren't sure, they weren't prepared for what, what was next. Um, and so over time, different institutions and conferences have become really committed to this work and have a more, much more holistic view of what success looks like. Um, if anything, it's really prepared you for, you know, it's flipped the model in a lot of ways. If you do it well, you actually start with the premise that you're going to have a college graduate. It's not the end goal, but you flip it. And that's certainly how we think about it at Washington. Let's start with the assumption that every young man or young woman that enters our program is going to end, is going to uh, earn their degree. Now what? And you can start the programming and the development for what else is what else is going to come. Um, and that's career, that's service, that's um, identity, that's how they want to make their impact on the world. Mm, I love that. And shoot, that's that's something that I went through. You yeah. know, and and I know I'm not the only one. Right. And not just like uh, graduating from college, but I was one of the few that was able to parlay that and have a career in sports right and then after that so 10 years eight years later now i'm out of my sport and i'm i'm away i'm not like that average that normal like you graduate at 21 and then you go out into the career force and you kind of figure right. things out by then i had a family I had a right. family i'm in my 30s and i don't I, I, number one my identity is gone it's, it was wrapped into my sport and and you know if people think that money is going to the, the end all be all they are they are mistaken because mm -hmm. i was at the the lowest point of my life when i finished playing ball and i didn't have any idea i didn't know who i was i didn't have you, you talk about you found your passion mm -hmm. right you, you found that passion and those passions change for some people right. my passion was football and then once i finished you know i was now what now yeah. what's next? What do I want to do? What type of impact? Those were all questions that it took me a while to ask myself. Mm -hmm. But I had to do a lot of soul searching, a lot of looking in the, like literally looking in the mirror. Who am I? Yeah. What's my purpose? What am I good at? Those right. are all questions I had to ask myself. And, and um, you know, people know my story with, you know, my first interview outside of football. And it was it was hit it was it hit me right in the gut when I went for a job interview and this lady basically after 15, 20 minutes said, Alex, you don't know who you are. Yeah. And so that's beautiful that right. now, like the NCAA schools like University of Washington, they have that in there to help these 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 student athletes figure out it's just it's more than getting a degree. Right. But what other things that are available to you because of the platform of playing athletes, like right. internships. This is something that I wish I would have had 
There was internships there, but it was like, ah, yeah. But no, no, these are people who want to mentor you, who want to help you have success off the field. And I think that's a beautiful thing with what, you know, you guys are doing as as well as other um, universities. You know, I, I think the interesting thing is for so long people thought, and I think athletes got in this, and everybody around athletes got in the mentality that, you know, your path was singular. Like you said, it was to be a professional athlete in your case. Um, I, I'm never going to be, and neither our staff going to be in a position to to feed some of that meaning. Well, you know, to discourage that, we want off all of our men and women to reach their full potential in their athlete in their athletic careers. But for 98% of those folks, the pinnacle of their academic career ends with college, and so. Well, we're never going to bash them for having those athletic dreams. How we talk about it is let's do both. And, you know, yeah, we can give you stats about 3% of student athletes get a chance to play at the next level. You were obviously one of those 3%. Elijah's obviously one of those 3%. But why can't you do both? Have both plans working simultaneously. You don't have to choose one or the other. And I think sometimes athletes think, that they can't do both or they've been trained so to put all their heart and soul in their sport and feel like they don't have the capacity or the the bandwidth to do both but if you do it right and just like you said you you take little opportunities along the way you can you can you can do both dreams simultaneously and i think then whichever opportunities you get either to continue with your athletic career or not then you're prepared for more than one path. And who doesn't want as many options as they possibly can have in terms of the choices they have when they're finished? Mm, I love that. I love that. Let me ask you, and I'm going to take it like the, the backdoor route. Okay. When you think about like the character of athletes, of student athletes, mm-hmm. you know, over your years, yeah. what is the character that the the student athletes have male female whatever mm-hmm. that doesn't have success when they finish playing yeah what I character think, do, what characteristics do they mm-hmm. often not just talk about but display yeah when they don't i think a couple and, things and and and, yeah. and you see this just like you said across sports so it's not just you know revenue sports or high profile sports it's you can see it but kind of the kryptonite I guess was was how I would character kryptonite um, that that helps you not be successful um, are are people that are selfish um, that aren't about a team that um, don't ha- don't possess humility that you know kind of have a, an ego or it's all about them and maybe have even been in environments from the time they're little because they have been superstars of people around them that feed that narrative. Um, or so it's it's I would say self-centered or individualized um, folks um, not willing to kind of do what it takes for the team, whether whatever your team is, your family, your you know uh, brothers and sisters on your teams, um, whatever it may be, and people that also um, aren't used to working hard, haven't have had a lot of things handed to them. Um, that don't necessarily, they know maybe how to grind in their sport when they need to, but they don't grind or make good choices in other areas. 
And that's a, no matter where you come from, no matter what your background, that time in and time out, those are the people I think that aren't successful once their their athletic days are, are over. Um, and those are the people that are, it's hard to see those folks that have fallen into that because they don't tend to beat the odds and, and end up being successful because those things just really prevent them in the real world outside of their sport from being successful. Mm-hmm. And can you tell my listeners, like, being a part of a team, you know, being a student athlete, no matter if you have a scholarship or if you're a walk-on, how does that differentiate you from uh, other students that might go off into into the real world yeah. and establish, you know, get into a career? How does, what's the difference or like, yeah. how can they basically use their background of being a student athlete to help mm-hmm. them or propel them when they're out there seeking, you know, whether starting a career or being a uh, entrepreneur? Yeah, Alex, I, th- I think you hit it on the head. I, I honestly, as I sit here, cannot think of a single example of someone that where you are not, a, you know, you're in total isolation and you are not part of a team and everything when you think about in life, right? You're, you're a member, most of us are members of families. So that's part of a team. You are, you know, part, you, you just, um, there, in in business, you're rarely in a job where you don't work with anybody. You sit, you know, in total isolation and never have contact. There's really, I can't think of an area where you're involved in organizations or a church or whatever it may be. Our whole society is set up around teams. Some are big teams, some are small teams. And I think student athletes are trained in what that means and how teams function and some really great life lessons um, nobody cares what color your skin is or where you're from or what your parents do when you're a part of a team because there's a greater good and a commitment. And so our, inherently, our student-athletes, just that's part of how they grow up. And it's an easy, transferable skill that they will use the rest of their lives. A lot of times they don't know that because they don't know anything else. And so mm. part of the development piece is really being able to articulate some of the skill sets they get from being a part of a team and how that's just natural to who they are and how smoothly that will transition in other areas of their life, in graduate school, in their career, in their family life, in their service organizations, um, being an entrepreneur. Even if you're an entrepreneur, you have to have a team. And that's just our, that's like walking or breathing for our student athletes because it's how they've been raised growing up in sport. We just have to arm them with the, the vocabulary and the communication skills to be able to show others that that's just, you know, that's like walking on a daily basis for them. Love it. Love it. What type of relationships do you want to have for like your student athletes? When they come in, it's like, it's not just about like the, the relationship you have with your teammates, but the relationship you have with not just your coaches, but also the teachers and also people who can help develop you. Like there's people, alumni, there's something that I wish I would have done, yeah. you know, being uh, a grad and being a football player at University of Oregon. It's like those relationships that were there for me, but I just 
you know, I was closed off and yeah. I didn't take You didn't know how to take advantage of them probably, yeah. right? Or maximize Absolutely. them. Yeah. Um, so I think a couple of things, that's, it's one of the unique, I guess, opportunities. And I'm not saying regular students don't, can't create these, but they're inherently part of the atmosphere and the environment that our student athletes are in every day. They're living in every day. So, and I think we're all in an area, higher ed specifically, but in athletics, where we want our student athletes to be successful. And so people around the program largely are here to help and support. We've chosen these careers because we want to serve others, because we want these young men and young women to thrive, not only in their sport and representing our university, but long after, so they're proud alums. So we all have kind of that general sense that that's what we're about and we certainly want to help. I think student athletes come in with the mind, need to come in with the mindset that you have a, a lot of these universities, you have world-class leaders, alumni, influencers, um, organizational, you know, thought uh, leaders, that are available to you by just, and all you need to do is be willing to engage and ask questions and take notes. They're here for you. And it's really as simple as introducing yourself or asking for an informational interview and quite frankly, making the time to do that because there are people that will help you and mentor you and put you in a better situation so that you are prepared if you have a career interest or be a reference for you when you haven't had job experience because you've been training year round. Um, they can open doors for you uh, because they can speak to your character and how you conduct yourself and the platform that you've been on when there may be people in the career field you're interested in that don't understand that about sports, but you, you have to make the time for it. And I think that's, it's incredibly hard for student athletes because they're exhausted and they are focused on academics and their sport, but carving out the time to make that time to build those relationships will serve you so well and help you not only while you're in school, but probably even more so when you're out, if you can maintain those relationships and, and people can open those doors for you. Mm, that's great information. I hope we have some, you know, people who are listening. This is uh, powerful stuff. Um, Kim, so one more question. I'm gonna let you go. I know okay. you are a very busy individual, <laughs> but what what is a question? Or what are some things that you can help my uh, the parents, parents who have student athletes? You know, they're they're going through the whole recruiting process. Um, there was a time when I was going through it. And I didn't know what type of question to ask. My yeah. mom didn't know what type of questions to ask. What are a couple of questions, or maybe one big one, that um, that uh, student athletes coming in or their parents can ask the coach or someone like yourself? Yeah, great question. I am a huge proponent, if at all possible, and I know the NCA allows this for parents to come on visits. Um, because you're going to, as a parent, you are going to see this whole recruiting experience much different than your son or daughter, who will more likely than you be enamored with the whole process, right? So they're going to care about things that you don't care about, like whether it's uniforms or 
you know, a variety of things, uh, social life in the town, whatever it might be. Parents are going to look at the whole thing much more objectively. Wisdom brings that. Mm -hmm. um, and so I think the parents are the ones that can really drill down on important uh, things that are going to make a difference for their son or daughter. Um, <coughs> excuse me. Academics, for sure. How, what's the plan in place to ensure my student athlete is successful? Um, should they... Even if they're great students, transition to college can be challenging. What kind of support is going to be around uh, to, to help it should they stumble or not do well in a class? So kind of the nuts and bolts of the support structure around academics. I think the other piece is gets to more of the student-athlete development. How do you um, leverage a network, whether it's an alumni network or a, a business network in your town or city or whatever it may be? Um, that can that can help my son or daughter develop lifelong relationships um, that will benefit them after after sport. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, so I think I think really drilling down not on the here and now, but how are you going to set my son or daughter up for their future? Love that. That is that is gold, and that's something that really separated University of Washington from other. Um, uh, colleges that was recruiting my son Elijah is like I was you know they were saying all the the cool stuff that could you know sway somebody mm -hmm. else but I was thinking about okay this football stuff this doesn't last forever how how are you going to help him grow right off the field how does yeah. that so it's tough for a duck to say that isn't it it is. It is. It is. I'm but yeah, I mean, and that's a perfect example. What what caught Elijah's attention at a, a 17 or 18 year old is much different than what catches his dad's attention, who's been through it, right? Or his yeah. mom's attention, who who's been through it. And Absolutely. I think that's that's the unique perspective. Um, the last thing I would say about parents: don't be afraid to ask tough questions, because. The fact of the matter is, and everybody put you know puts their best foot forward for recruiting visits. You sh should feel empowered to ask the tough questions. Don't be worried about making people feel uncomfortable or think that we're going to say those you know those parents, the Moldens, ask way too many questions. It's not the case. We would rather be honest and open and share those resources um, with the parents. So don't shy away from that, even if your son's going to be embarrassed. Uh, or whatever it might be, you you have to have a vested interest and make sure your eye is on the prize and 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 not um, and that could be a different phase than maybe your son or daughter's in at the time. Love that, I love that, Kim. Thank you so much for being a guest on the Shark Effect. Um, I'd love to have you on again. This has yeah, been yeah. very helpful for for myself and I know you know my listeners, um, especially in this series that we that I'm putting together. I know it's going to have uh, a big impact on them. So thank you very much. Oh, my, my pleasure. I appreciate the ask. And uh, and I, I, I was joking at the beginning. I knew you were a good student, uh, even as a, fre as a freshman way back when. But uh, yeah, congratulations again on this. And, uh, and, and again, my heart goes out to you and your wife for being such wonderful parents to Elijah. He's a great young man. And uh, we certainly have the privilege of having him here as a student athlete. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Shark Effect Podcast. 
If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, or feedback for us, you can reach me directly at thesharkeffect.com. Thanks for listening. It's here, finally. My book, The Ultimate Playbook for High Achievement. You can get it on Amazon in the uh, paper paperback version, or you can get it on Kindle. And who this book is an in, intentionally created for is for those who are looking tr- to transition. What, whether you was an athlete or an executive or a successful entrepreneur or whatever, if you're looking to transition into something different, this book can help you. I break it down. I lay down the foundation of who you want to be. I have a chapter in there that breaks down and boils down leadership, which is influence. And you got to understand these 10 influencers that can help you with decision making, that can help you with influencing others. And how are you influenced? I have chapters in there that really breaks down my system of assignment, alignment, and adjustment. Um, recognizing the power of your environments is a chapter developing your own procedures creating relationship roadmaps using adversity to your advantage right because we all go through tough times but how do you flip it how do you use it to power you okay and then developing your own standards so these are things that can help anybody not just not just athletes now there's some stories in there you know, that covers topics that, that resonate with athletes. But I think overall, this book can help um, anyone who is looking to transition into becoming successful in something new, something different. Okay, so make sure check it out. Amazon, the ultimate playbook for high achievement.